0: 40% of college graduates their first job out of college is a sales job and even companies have to hide that because they'll call it client success or they'll call it or they'll call it some other name but it's like it's sales like and you have to understand like we are all in sales
1: and also be able to, to pivot like you know industry changes um you know the way you sell might change so um, being able to kind of learn and um, roll with the punches and, um, you know, be able to pivot when necessary, when the market changes.
0: All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this episode of the How to Get a Job podcast. And today we're going to talk about how you can break into sales and marketing careers. And to do so, we have Kim who has seven years of recruitment experience, and she's also a career coach. Kim, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hi,
1: Daniel. Thanks so much for having me. I'm doing well. How are you?
0: I am good, and I am super excited to talk about marketing and sales because that is actually what I went to school for. That's where I spent six years um, in my PepsiCo corporate career before going into full-time career coach mode. So I love this like career path. Um, I actually think uh, sales is actually one of the most underrated careers, but one of the most like fulfilling and lucrative careers. But... Tell, tell us a little bit about yourself and what got you into recruiting, marketing, and sales professionals.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, awesome to hear, and I totally agree. Sales can be transferable to a lot of different things. So, um, yeah, I have seven years of recruiting experience. My first job out of college actually was in sales. I was in a software sales position. Um, I didn't enjoy it. I just knew it's not what I wanted to do long term. And um, so I transitioned into recruiting. And I was able to kind of use my sales skill set, but more so focusing on working with people. And I worked for a staffing agency um, for about a little under two years and was doing staffing agency recruiting. So recruiting on behalf of clients. Um, And then from there, transitioned into internal recruiting. So recruiting on behalf of the company I was working for for um, kind of the rest of my recruiting career. So I Um, was on the sales and marketing team at the staffing agency in my first recruiting job. So I sort of fell into that niche a little bit and then carried it through um, the rest of my recruiting career. Um, So I've recruited for entry-level, you know, business development associate, um, sales positions, all the way up to, you know, more high-level roles, um, whether it be managerial, director, even the VP level. Um, And then I also have recruited for the marketing side of things, In my most recent recruiting position, I was actually the sole uh, recruiter for our entire marketing division. So um, anything from like a very niche position, um, like a a paid ad manager, um, and, you know, anything from kind of more associate level all the way up to like head of the department. Um, So... From there, I pushed over to career coaching. I just got really passionate about helping the candidate. Um there's so many nuances on the other side that you know candidates just don't know about or aren't prepared for, and um, just got really passionate about helping um, those candidates feel prepared going into their job search.
0: So I, one of the things that's super interesting, and I would love for us to dive a little deeper into this is the difference between internal and external recruiting. So, like you talked about how you started your recruiting. Uh, career on the staffing agency, consulting agency side of it. And then you moved into an internal recruiter. Can you maybe tell us a little bit more more about like the main differences and more like what should a candidate know when they're talking to an internal recruiter versus an external recruiter?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Cause I do think that gets, um, you know, a little bit confusing sometimes if you don't know a lot about the recruiting space, especially from the candidate side of things. So a staffing agency recruiter, Um, really is working on behalf of their clients so they can be recruiting for 20 different companies at at any given time for example Um, and essentially companies would hire that firm to fill the role for them and there's a number of reasons why companies would hire a firm Um, maybe it's a really niche role um, that they're having trouble filling themselves maybe they're a small company and they don't have a recruiting team or maybe it's an executive level search that's really hard to find and, um, you know, recruiters, um, they, they're just needing external help. The biggest difference is that companies are paying the staffing firm. Um, so all of those recruiters and everyone I work with, you know, was, was fantastic. But those recruiters do get a commission at the end of the day if you take the job. Um, so that's one thing to note. Um, versus a internal recruiter they are embedded in the hr department for that company um, they don't get a commission, or at, le- at least i never got any sort of commissions or bonuses maybe some companies do but typically they don't get a bonus and they're working directly with the hiring team to fill that position um, they also are like i said embedded in the hr department so they might be doing some other things as well whether it's employee engagement or maybe they're doing the internal um, promotion cycles i know i did some of that um, but they aren't necessarily like motivated by a commission. Um, that being said, like staffing agency recruiters aren't bad. Like they're not, <laughs> they're not going to like lure you into a position, but just keeping that in mind when you are speaking to them um, and making sure you're working with the right ones. Um, and also understanding that, um, you know, they get different jobs all the time. Really, they're going off of what their clients come to them with. So they might not have Um, you know, your type of role that you're looking for at any given time um, versus if there's a company that you're interested in and they kind of always recruit for the same position, you know, they might have similar roles to what you're looking for. Uh, So that's really the key key difference between the two.
0: Yeah, I I think what's important to even touch that um, is the fact that like, you know, an external recruiter, like you're saying, they're driven on the commission side of it and the reason why I say that is as a candidate, when you are messaged by an external recruiter, their level of sense of urgency is much, much higher. And, I, and they're going to want to reply faster. And if you're the right fit, they're going to want to put you directly to the company with the hiring manager, with the hiring team, whatever that company's process is. But what I would say is that I don't want you guys to, if you have a call, and it's generally you'll have a call with the external recruiter first, and the recruiter says, you're great. And, you know, do you mind if I re- send your resume over to the hiring manager? Like, if that call went really well, I want you to make sure you understand, like, they're not the decision maker. Like, they have to pass you down to the company to make that decision. And they're, they're, they're going to try to coach you up and get you to pass because if you get placed, they're going to make a commission. The, comp- the staff is going to win. And, and another thing is, like, because their job is, their compensation is, is correlated to the jobs they place. When you message an external recruiter saying, Hey, do you have a job opening for this? If they don't have a job opening that they're recruiting that matches your skills, they're not going to, I found in my experience, not going to be as attentive to reply because it's like, it's not worth it for them. They're not making money or commission on it. And so they'll, they're more tend to, to ignore you while an internal recruiter for a company, because their compensation is more based on salary, maybe yearly bonus, and they're representing the company and the brand. They're more careful about the, the, um, the candidates or the applicants experience than an external recruiter will be. And again, this is all generalizing. there could be really, really good internal and external recruiters, and there could also be really, really bad internal and external recruiters. So um, that's just more on that experience. And if you're an international student and you're hearing this, I think a lot of the, the horror stories that you hear from recruiting agencies, it's a lot of on um, the ones that are working with international students because um, they, they do tend to have reputation for taking advantage. Or even charging you fees and then charging companies fees and so that is something that it's really important to like uh research before making a decision and signing something uh but working with them but um kim let's talk a little bit more about marketing and, and sales careers and roles like uh how do you feel like is the easiest way to break into let's say it's a career in sales if you're right out of college
1: yeah, yeah, good question. So um I actually when um I first went to internal recruiting for the first almost two years, I only hired for entry level sales position. So definitely have a lot of experience in that realm and talked to many, many recent grads <laughs> in my time there. So I think the biggest thing with sales is that um you can spin a lot of your experience to be applicable applicable applicable, excuse me, to sales or be transferable to sales. So Um, You know, for example, we really like candidates that had, um, you know, any sort of like hospitality or restaurant experience because they had strong communication skills. Um, Any sort of like fundraising background was really great. Um, if they worked within the industry that we were selling to, so at the time um, we had a lot of education clients, so, um, both K through 12 and higher ed. So if they, um, you know, had internships at their university and knew a lot about the industry. Um, that was a huge plus. Um, and then from there, it's really looking at a lot of soft skills and honestly, how you kind of sell yourself in the interview. Um, so if you're someone who has strong communication skills, if you, um, are very, goal-oriented and um, intrinsically motivated um, and kind of have that sort of drive um, to pick up the phone and, um, and and cold call people or send cold emails, um, that goes a really long way. So how you're able to kind of sell yourself in that regard, um, I think is a really great way to get into sales. Um, so that is kind of the one field that, although obviously hard skills do matter to a degree, but a lot of it is sort of the soft skill side of things um, when you're first trying to break into the industry right out of college.
0: Yeah. Um, I think you're right. Like a lot of the times where, especially level entry roles in sales, as I also hired a bunch of salespeople for PepsiCo when they were coming out of college, it's like a lot of the soft skills, like the people skills and a lot of the grit and being able to understand that you're going to get rejected the majority of the time. And it's about not letting that get into your head and keep going and saying, Hey, at the end of the day, like the companies generally who have a really good sales process understand the numbers. Like, hey, you're going to get rejected 98 times out of 100, but you need to call those 98 people to get to those two people that say yes. Right. And, and, and obviously the conversion rate might differ depending on the, in the job, the industry, or the product or service, the price point. But it's super important. Like it's like the, the grit, the determination, the people skills, um, which is really, really interesting. I actually have one of my really good friends. Um, he has a a business called medical, uh, the medical sales, it's called evolve your success, but he helps people break into medical sales. And it's interesting that his uh, favorite clients to work with, I don't know if that would be the word they're hearing me, but this is okay. is actually teachers and nurses because he's identified that there's two main things that you really need to be successful in medical sales. You need to understand the science and you need to be able to educate your, your doctors and like the patients on whether you're selling pharmaceuticals or medical devices. Teachers have the education part really well, well, right? And nurses have the science really well. So when you have either a nurse or a teacher, you just have to teach them the other. So teachers, they learn the biology, the science behind it. And nurses, they teach them the, 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 the teachable part. <laughs> and it, they, be, they become the best medical sales. And I think what you said about hospitality jobs, like server jobs, like front desk jobs, also become really good, level entry sales roles. I know that um, at PepsiCo, one of the things that we realized is that um, when we were hiring people, it was like a sales job, but they had to drive the trucks. And it was kind of like a really blue collar sales job, but you could make really good money. It's like uh, people that, you know, were first generation that went to community college first and then went to a a four year university, had a really good profile uh, and and played sports. If you had all those three things like, oh, that's a really good profile. What are some of the things that you think Uh, it makes a really good salesperson. Then we can talk about marketing afterwards.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, I actually agree with the, with the athlete side of things. Definitely. If you had, if you were a previous athlete that can definitely, um, you know, be a strong profile, but I agree in terms of, um, just being able to communicate. The biggest thing about sales is uncovering the other person's pain points and then being able to educate and explain how your product or service or whatever it is, uh, can solve that pain point. Um, so, having those really strong communication skills, being able to educate, um, and also being really coachable, that was something that we always looked for in candidates, um, especially when you are coming, you know, right out of college or you're going into more of an early in career position. Um, you know, there's a lot to learn. So, someone that's malleable and coachable, um, I think, is a really great fit for sales because they can kind of be a sponge and um, soak in all of that training that we were providing them. Um, And also be able to to pivot, like, you know, industry changes, Um, you know, the way you sell might change. So um, being able to kind of learn and um, roll with the punches and, um, you know, be able to pivot when necessary, when the market changes or whatever it is, and maybe change your sales strategy is is important as well.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting um, because most people I speak to have such a negative idea of what sales are. And they're just so afraid of like oh like i don't want to be a salesperson i think about like people thinking of salespeople as like a used car salesman in matilda i don't know if you ever watched that movie but people who uh, like it's like this like sketchy salesperson trying to sell you something that's broken and the reality is like you know i i had read this in a book a long time ago i don't know if the, the statistics are the same but 40 percent of college graduates their first job out of college is a sales job and even companies have to hide that because they'll call it client success or they'll call it, or they'll call it some other name, but it's like it's sales. Like, and you have to understand, like we are all in sales. And the, the sooner you realize that like sales is such an amazing career and we are all in sales at one point or another, like even when you went to a, a recruiter, you were doing sales. Like that was still a sales job. Even when you went to an internal recruiter, that was still a sales job because you had to sell the candidate on why working at this company was a good fit, even if the candidate had applied. And I do think that um you guys should uh look into a career in sales. If you're trying to figure out and you're lost on um, what career is a good career, good path for you. I think exploring the sales route is something. But um, Kim, like what would you suggest? Like if I was if if I'm lost, I'm in college student, I'm one of those 40% of students that are 60% of students that graduate and don't have a job lined up. Like, where should I start looking for a career sales? What are some good career, uh, sales career paths that I should be looking into? Like, you know, what's the difference maybe going into like a tech industry versus other type of sales? Uh, Cause you started, you said you started in tech.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just figuring out the industry that you're interested in and passionate about. Um, Cause at the end of the day, if you are excited about, whatever industry, product, service you're selling, it's going to come through on the phone when you're selling to people. So Mm -hmm. I think that's the first step is just figuring out what am I excited about and try and look for companies in that industry. Um, and then from there, I mean, there are so many different, um, you know, pretty much like you said, every every company has a sales division. So that is the good news. Is there's a ton of sales positions out there. Um, I know it's the summertime right now, but if someone is, you know, maybe in going into their last semester, I think career fairs are a must. I know that we went to like every career fair. I, I was in the DC area at the time, but we went to all the Virginia schools and we were always talking about our entry level sales position. So that's a great start um, just to get net- some networking going. Um, and then I would say this for any position, for anyone on the job search, but just looking into your network, seeing if you know anyone that's in sales in a industry or at a company that you're excited about, and networking with them, and seeing if you can get a referral that way, um, is where I would start.
0: Yeah, um, it's so I actually majored in professional sales. There was actually, I think, there's only like a couple of universities in the United States that actually have a professional sales major. And I remember I was so gravitated towards that major because I read a book that said, uh, the majority of Fortune 500 CEOs start in sales, like their path is from sales. And so I, I, I remember that that's the reason why I was like, oh, I wanna learn sales. Um, but aside from sales, marketing is another amazing career path um, that you, know, you don't have to have a business or a marketing major to get into. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about what a career path in marketing looks like and, and how to break into marketing? What are some of those level entry roles that maybe I don't have a ton of marketing experience that I can apply for.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So marketing has so many different paths that you can go into. Um, And um, so it's really when you're first starting out, it's deciding which area of marketing you're most excited about. And if you don't have any marketing experience, you you likely don't know for sure. Um, So I always suggest starting out in more of a generalist position. So whether it be digital marketing associate or digital marketing specialist, Um, Very similar to what we were talking about earlier with recruiting agencies and internal marketing has that same exact thing. There are marketing agencies and then there are internal marketers. Um, So a lot of companies outsource their marketing entirely and hire agencies for that. I actually think that could be a really great place to start um, just because they do have a lot of those more kind of generalist positions. And also, you just get exposed to so many different types of marketing. You can really use that as a starting point to decide which area you'd want to continue in. Um, So with that, you're working with a number of different clients, maybe in different industries and doing different kind of marketing campaigns. Um, So that's what I always suggest for starting out. Um, you know, there's so many areas of marketing. There's email marketing, there's social media, there's SEO, um, there's, you know, more of the technical side of things, um, there's PDAs, there's so many different areas, and you really don't know which area is most exciting to you until you get into it. Um, so getting an internship in marketing um, to first start out, whether, whether you're in school or maybe, you know, you're the summer after you graduated, I think it's a good starting point. Um, and then from there, maybe exploring a marketing agency to start out with if you want to kind of get exposure to a lot of different areas of marketing and, and industries to kind of figure out which area is for you um and then kind of going from there and sort of niching down into the area of marketing that you know you're most excited about
0: yeah I, you know one thing is like if you're listening to this and you grew up in the you know in a time where social media was everything right and you are hooked to your phone um, I know that when you think of marketing, you think of just social media marketing. And I think, Kim, you, you mentioned a lot of different other options. And I would even say, hey, you see everybody going towards social media marketing, but there's other amazing like paid ads, which is still part of social media, or there is email marketing. Becoming a copywriter is one of those skills that will forever be in need. I, I know that we can, we can go to ChatGPT and it could be very helpful, but the art of selling while writing it's going to be very hard to replace um and, and there's just such a lot of creators there's not a, like another type of role that I know like I have a friend who owns a podcasting agency and his he hires tons of podcast producers people who edit these types of podcasts uh, like like the one you're listening that's a marketing role itself people who also are doing a lot of AB testing on websites and so i, I think uh anytime like you you that you're like hey I'm not sure what career path it is. I think marketing and sales are both two amazing opportunities where it doesn't matter if you started English, liberal arts, if you, if you studied becoming a teacher, if like, there's always going to need marketers, you're always going to need salespeople. Uh, those positions are actually really easy to quantify nowadays, especially like the digital marketing side of it and the sales side, because when you have a company like, when a company right now, like when we're, we're in a recession or not in a recession right now, but they're, we're in this titter between we're going to a recession or not. And you see a lot of companies playing very defensive. Like they're not necessarily being aggressive of hiring uh, and they're trying to do layoffs and they're cutting costs. And you hear all these companies. If if your role is very quantifiable, right? Or what And sales is an easy one to say. It's like, okay, we're paying Kim $100,000, but she's bringing in half a million dollars of profit and $10 million of revenue. It doesn't make sense to fire Kim. It doesn't make sense to let go of that role, right? Like it's too easy to quantify how keeping her on is actually a, a net positive for the organization. And same thing with a lot of the analytical marketing roles. And if I can give you some advice, if you do want to go into marketing, the more technical and analytical you can make your role, the more security you're going to have in that role.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, at the end of the day, uh, even when we're in, you know, uh, a downturn or a recession, you still need to create sales and you need marketing and sales to do that. So I'm still finding there's a lot of those types of positions on the market. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. I think it's something that every company will always need and it's a skill set that will will always be in need. So it's, it's a great path to go down for sure.
0: How would What advice do you have? Just, you know, if you can summarize how we can Help the individuals listening to this podcast break into marketing and sales? Yeah,
1: absolutely. So, um, you know, I would say it's looking at your current skill sets and seeing how can this be transferable to either marketing or sales, whichever industry that you're interested in getting into, and being able to sort of sell yourself or alter your resume to really display that. Um, I think that's kind of step number one. Um, number two is going to your network, um, seeing who do I have that I know that is in either of those industries and starting either networking conversations just to learn more about how those folks got into those roles. And then also, you know, inquiring if they have any opportunities at the company they're working with or maybe they know of some of in the field. Um, so I think that's the second best thing. Um, I think internships are a really great way. There's less sales internships than there are marketing internships. Um, but internships are a really great way to, to get into the field. I know at all the companies I worked for, um, we love to hire our previous interns because we knew them. Um, so getting in that way, I think is, a, is another great, great step in the right direction.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Kim, I know that you specialize in coaching marketing and sales professionals, land a great career. Uh, tell us a little bit more about the, like the services you provide and how they can get a hold of you if they want to learn more. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. So I, um, yeah, like you said, I partner with sales and marketing candidates um, to help them within their job search. So I really help from A to Z, starting out typically with resume review, LinkedIn review and cover letter review, Um, then going into their job search strategy. So really assessing how are you currently looking for jobs? What is your current process? How are you currently networking and helping them um, in that regard to sort of elevate um, and uh, make sure that they're optimizing how they are looking for jobs? Um, I also offer interview prep, so um, I conduct mock interviews um, with my with my clients and um, provide all sorts of tips and tricks on, um, especially the recruiter screen, because I've I've conducted hundreds of those on the back end. Just really sharing what recruiters are looking for and how they can really ace that interview, um, all the way to offer negotiation. So, um, how can they, you know, get the best offer that? That they, um, that they're able to get and, um, really how about to go about those conversations. I find that candidates tend to get really nervous to, to ask for more or negotiate. So just, um, setting them up for success in, in that regard. Um, but really I work one on one with my clients. So, um, I alter sort of our game plan and our strategy to what their goals are and what their career goals are because everyone is different and what they're needing help with in their.
0: Absolutely. So we'll put a a link to your website. So if you want to learn more about Kim and work with her, uh, just check out the link on the show notes here below. And thank you guys so much for listening and catch you guys on the next episode.
1: Thanks so much.
0: All right. Welcome to today's rant. And today I am going to talk about why you should highly consider a career in sales. And I know I get it. We don't like sales. We all have such a negative perspective on sales. And we talked about it on today's interview. But I'm telling you to please, please, please take off that negative image that you have of salespeople and think about salespeople as problem solvers, especially people who are doing B2B sales, which is if you have a degree and you're graduating from college, what most likely you're going to do. Think about the people who are selling medical devices and pharmaceuticals products to the hospitals and the doctors that are saving lives. Think about the individuals that are selling the technology that we use to other companies, the cloud, you know, think about the, um, like the Salesforce or the CRM tools. Those individuals make amazing compensation and solve the world's problems. Think about the people who are selling airplanes to American airlines, Delta and Southwest. Those salespeople have an amazing career. Now, Becoming a good salesperson is not easy. It does take a lot of listening and it takes a long process, but it's a career that you should definitely look into because the amount of freedom, the amount of compensation, the type of lifestyle that you can have, it is second to none. Now, this career does come with some cons. It does mean a lot of pressure when you're ending the quarter, you're not selling your sales quota. It does mean that if you're not performing, the company will let you go. But it also means stability if you are putting in the work, you're following the game plan and you have grit and determination. Because like I mentioned on the interview, if the company is not doing good, a good salesperson is the last person they will fire because you pay for yourself and more. So I want you to consider a career in sales. If you have a technical background, if you have an engineer background, that is a perfect position to go into, into some technical sales roles, into some consulting, right? Because if you think about it, understanding the technology, you know, being fascinated by the technology and helping educate others on that technology and helping them solve their company's problems by using your technologies it's going to be rewarding and lucrative also think about the fact that you know if you want to get big in consulting as a lawyer as a realtor if you want to become a partner in the big four and mckenzie or busting Consulting, you're not going to do that without sales you're going to need sales in your career so the earlier you start to learn to sell the better you're going to be. Look, if you find value in this podcast, give it a like, subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friend. If you're looking for a job and you would like our team's help, definitely hit the link below and we can try to have a conversation with you and see if working together makes sense. Thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you guys on the next episode. See you later.